0: Leslie, it's so great to see you. I brought it. I have it. Okay. This is my planner. This is how it started. So Leslie Joselle is one of my heroes. You are. It's wow. it's. Right you know, back, you're, back you're, at you.
1: Right well, back you're, at you.
0: You are amazing. If if any of you are unfamiliar with Leslie, she is a academic and life coach she helps with time management, she works with students, she works with families, she works with teens, she works with college students. She's got over 20 years of doing this and it doesn't matter who you are or if someone has said you need help, I think every human being in the planet needs help with time management and needs to understand how to do this. Some people just wake up and somehow they get through it for a certain amount of time, but then eventually things happen. And Leslie, I'm so excited to visit with you.
1: I and I'm such a fan girl. So like you have right back at you, like I cannot believe that I'm sitting across from you. So it's 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 all good and I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, I love when people help people. And what you just said doesn't get lost on me. You know, Leslie and I have actually been chatting a bunch before we recorded this. And um, just like it's the best conversations. Like we're so aligned in terms of our mission of wanting to help and serve. And also Leslie says these wonderful things to me. And part of my story is uh, I was recently diagnosed with ADHD as, as an adult. And I knew there was always something going on because. You
1: know, I was going to ask you that. Did you have an inkling? That you knew something was happening,
0: or on. I, know. <laughs> I think both do. Yeah, I mean, I was. I've. I've always. i felt like I have a therapist that I see every couple weeks, every few weeks. Lately, I've gone to every two weeks because he he's really been serving in some ways as my executive functioning coach for my mental health. Because I because one of the outcomes of my evaluation for ADHD is, uh, they said the person said, you know, I think. You should hold off on meds and really you should get some executive functioning coaching. And you know, that was that was the first the the first line because she's she said, you know, you you can you can do a lot. I think if you're organized and have that help and the accountability would help. So and, and what and what the reason I went to get evaluated is because <clears throat> I I have kids who have been evaluated, I have three children and um a couple of them have been evaluated, and uh, I, for most of my life, have felt uh, not enough. I feel you know stupid. Um, I know <laughs> I felt dumb, and um, I'm my book is a New York Times best selling book, The Naked Roommate, and I felt ashamed that someone so dumb could be a New York Times best. I'm telling you, this is the honest truth because oh, I'd sit that's around crazy. the table, yeah. I'd just, well, I'd sit around the table. I'd go to ca- conventions. Like, I went to these book conventions, and I'd sit around the table with the publisher and and uh, Ted Fisk, who wrote The Fisk Guide. You know, and he's he's been a wonderful... Yeah, and people know Ted, you know, The Fisk Guide, and, you know, I'd have a meal with him. And, and Ted, you know, wrote for The New York Times. And, you know, Ted is is a world traveler and research. The wife does these research. He does this research. Ted, you know, shared the story about flying... Uh, with I think with the Pope and going to the Vatican and yeah, you know, he just he was kicked out of the White House by presidents and and here I am, the naked roommate at a hundred seventy grade issues <laughs> and, <laughs> and the other thing is I Leslie, like another one of my my shameful secrets is I struggle reading. Um, I listen to audio books and I talk to my uncle who's a psychologist. I'm like, hey, you know, I said I read a book. Do I need to say I listened to it? No, Isn't it he- book
1: and there's nothing wrong listen we all listen i'm a brain girl like i study the brain not in a scientific way because i'm so not a science yeah. girl but every single one of us process differently learn differently understand information differently so it's listening to audiobooks versus reading it doesn't make you less of anything. It. it just means in a lot of ways that you figure figured out what works for you, and and I I think that's brilliant. I I wow. everyone could do that. I mean, um, you're an auditory, you know, you're an auditory processor.
0: I never realized. I never realized that. And we're going to. You are. You are an auditory processor and and visual. And we're going to get into Leslie's book. This is how to do it now because it's not going away. And you can see, I've got the book. There's highlights. The pages wow. are. Dog ear it actually. Oh, it is. I dog ear because I didn't have my highlighter, and then as I was reading, it's like you need to have your highlighter, right? So, so I went back. Wait, and, I, and you need your post its because right. We- well, I have. I'm gonna buy the big post its because, and we're gonna get to a lot of different tips and suggestions on how to study and manage time. But Leslie recently hosted an event because she hosts these master classes, and I had the chance to to sit in on this devouring it. And one thing you mentioned is when information is, is vertical, you know, meaning like it's stacked up and you can see it for some learners, this the post-its, you know, those visual cues are wonderful, but when something's got a cover, it might as well be, you know, you, you, you can't, it's lead. it's in a box, it's a lock box.
1: We say that when things are vertical, they're visual. And when things are horizontal, they're hidden. So and I love alliterations because I again it's very meta. It yeah. particularly if you have a neurodivergent brain. That kind of alliteration of, you know, a hit and horizontal is hidden and verticals visual yeah. stick into your brain much more much more succinctly than if you just you know right. in, a, in a more normal way. So yes, that is true. That verticals ver- is- Vertical is visual, horizontal is hidden. So, those little snappy things, they might sound cute, but they're actually done for a reason because it helps solidify into the brain a little more easily.
0: Yeah. And I am going to, I'm, I'm going to really conduct an experiment in my life. And I know we're going to talk more. So, those of you who are listeners of the podcast and appreciate, what I do, you're gonna see as much of Leslie as she will allow us to to see her and hear her. Um, but I am going to go on an experiment because I like to call it an experiment because there's no failing when it's an experiment. And I am going to work incredibly hard to be much better being activated in healthy ways and using the tools that are in this book. I'm also I'm also gonna recommend this to to everyone on the planet.
1: I so appreciate that. And I'm it's so fascinating because obviously when I wrote the book, um, just so, to give a little background, it was geared at the time, well it is geared to students. And I wanna make it clear it's 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 geared to high school and college students. That doesn't mean a middle schooler wouldn't get something out of it, but The language, there's a little bit of, there's a little bit of softy language in there because I'm a straight shooter. So, but I've, I've gotten some, trust me, I've gotten some blowback about it, but that's just who it is. But what I have found is adults have said to me, I learned so much reading it. Maybe I don't need the homework chapter, but other than, but the study, it was interesting. So many people said, but so much of what you wrote about routines, rituals, organizing, emotion, planning time, all of that was applicable to me and I am using the tools. And I really do believe that. I believe that what I wrote in that book is much more about life skills, um, excuse me, more about life skills than school skills.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it came through, I know you wrote it for students, but uh, I, I really, I was hanging on it and the visuals. And I think what we'll do is, because I don't want to get bogged down into all the different chapters now. I think for the next conversation we have, it would be really great to use the book as a framework because then I could I could recommend the book. And I think everybody, you know, for this is our kind of get-to-know Leslie. If you don't already know, and I know a lot of you really know her, so you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she's here. And for those who don't know, you're going to be like, I can't believe I didn't know. Uh, but, but... Well, the book, the book is great because what I find... And connecting it to me and and my story is, I. Oftentimes feel like and have felt like I am pulling a freight train, like I can get things done, but I am pulling a hundred cars, and when something goes really well, I'm like, holy shit, this is a miracle. I was able to do this. Would it be in spite of or in in spite of my my challenges and and learning differences i've been able to do or dis i think it's in spite or despite see i, I can't even i'm a uh,
1: in spite of
0: right it would be in spite of those learning differences right it wouldn't be despite you As, a
1: you should know i think it's in spite of
0: right the other thing about me is i mess up my english like i mess up my grammar and um and i'm really okay with it at this point because now when i don't know i ask because what I've learned is, and this has been the the shift, is that I'm enough. I'm really smart. I'm really smart. I'm I'm I I'm that. I am a, a really loving person who wants to help. And I am imperfect to the core, and I will be imperfect till my last breath.
1: That's what makes you perfect.
0: <laughs> That's been the right of embracing that and not trying to match Ted Fisk about his worldly research and his intellect, but me coming at life from a journalist whose headline is human emotion and what moves us and how we process the world. And that's my gift. So I I've learned to embrace that as opposed and I'm and I'm worthy of whatever whatever any recognition. I mean I, I have not sought recognition about if it, if it comes my way, it's like Wow, this is really cool that someone can really work hard and embrace who they are, do it for a lifetime. And and then somehow people are like, Oh, thank you. This is really great. This is helpful.
1: Well, you're so insanely approachable and I think that I look, you're many, many things, but I the fact that you do what you do and you're so highly approachable is actually your gift. Well uh, that I don't think because so I don't I'm not here to like you know, talk smack about anybody. But sure. I find a lot when I go to like certain conferences, particularly the ADHD ones that I go to, and these, 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 you know, doctors or medical guys get up or, and women get up to speak, and there's no connecting to them. There's no yeah. feeling they're approachable. There's, there's that, that there's a barrier to entry. And I think, right, you know, you said I've been doing this for 20 years, and you've got to remember when I started 20 years ago, there wasn't, podcast and conferences and all of the information or the internet event. There wasn't an internet even 20 years ago. That was as robust and rich as it is now. So, so much has changed in 20 years, but yet so much hasn't. And what I feel hasn't changed is the need for connection, the need for that education, that need for humanity to be able to feel like I'm part of something or others feel what I feel, that communication, the connection, and the education. And I get yeah you can do all of that and do it all so magnificently
0: so wow. okay well thank you I have to tell you I was half li- I was half listening because I and this is the honor this is my I get really uncomfortable when people say nice things to me because oh it's still yeah. I know it's just ingrained I, and I and I I'm working on this with my therapist this has been one of the things of like Harlan you need to really appreciate when people appreciate you and um because it's 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 when I was younger, a lot of my life was look at me and notice me and show me value and affirm me because as a child who grew up struggling in a lot of classes, being where was going. right, being successful, see, I'm really funny and I can be really personable and I can get people. To, I'm, I'm really able to use my tools to try to control feedback and being funny is a really powerful tool and humorous. Because then I, I could get a pretty good idea of what people are thinking and they could look at me favorably. And it's really served me well because The Naked Roommate is a really funny funny book. And the way The Naked Roommate's written, it's written for someone with ADHD because the writer's got ADHD because it's these short little blocks and and quick little little quips. And you know it's written in a way where people finish 300 pages and they go, oh my gosh, I've never finished a book before. Or, I haven't finished a book in so many years. But all of this like weaves together in terms of my neurodivergent brain and, uh, you know, what's been put between my ears. And I tell students and I tell parents that we, uh, you know, we're born and we have this this fleshy thing that's between our ears and it's our operating system. And one operating system is 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 no better or different than the other. And we just have to learn our operating system and understand how to program it so we can get the things done that we need to do that align with our light and interests.
1: I agree and that's why I hate the word like in our in my profession we hear a lot of the word disability and I hate that word because it's not a disability it's just you it's a difference and that's okay. I I do believe in the word difference and we're all different but how you, like like you said, how you process, how you take in information, how you understand things, and then how you bring them back out is, is mine is different than yours. It doesn't make it better or worse, but you're right. The best thing, you know, listen, I've been working with neurodivergent brains my whole life, pretty much. And I live with, well, I don't live with one of them anymore. He's blown and grown, but the one I do live with is very neurodivergent. And I think what what I actually think is the beauty of the ADHD brain or the executive functioning brain, we don't always talk about ADHD. It's actually more effective to talk about executive functioning, okay. is that I find that those that have neurodivergent brains are more in tuned to how their brain works. Those of us who are more mainstream don't really think about it, don't really take time to go, how do I learn better? How can I process? What do I need to be able to function? So believe it or not, I have found that, like, I look I look at my students and I'm like, wow, you are so much more intuitive than than the kid over there that's just, you know, going through life and not really figuring it out. So I know that sounds a little bit Pollyanna-ish, but it's really not. Oh. That because they are, they get negative messages, because they understand that things aren't going the right way for them, they do figure out, what is it that I need?
0: It makes perfect sense. I mean, it it I does. Like
1: you were on that journey. It sounds like you've been on that journey. Right. Now I know how, what I need to be, to be successful. And success, I don't mean successful, like I'm writing another book or I have a speaking, successful in that you can show up in life and do what you need to do with, you know, with care and with intention.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 looking under the hood and, you know, pretty much spending a lifetime trying to figure out why are things difficult, how to manage change and not just understanding my brain, but other people's.
1: So I spend a lot of my time teaching others, whether it's students, parents, related professionals, teachers, what actual executive functions are. And I know this this is not an executive functioning podcast. But I like to drill it down and I call it purposeful actions. That's actually what they really are. I mean, that's as like pedestrian as it gets. There's obviously a, you know, what I, we could talk, you know, we could, you know, pack snacks and be in our pajamas and be here till next Tuesday. But th- when I talk to students, I'm like, what they really are for you are purposeful actions. And I like that because it gives them a little ownership, it gives them control. Um, I really like the word purposeful. Yeah. In that, in that definition. But to me, that is actually what you're describing. It's purposeful actions.
0: That's great. I never I never really understood exactly. I thought executive function is really how do you order, how do you order, how do you create steps in your day to be able to get a particular outcome? And how does someone help you to do that?
1: If you want, I can do executive functions in one minute. I would love it. Okay, here we go. Reader's Digest version. <laughs> so here's the deal, Betty. Here's the difference because a lot of what we do is we inter we intermingle ADHD and executive functioning. We think they're one and the same and we use them interchangeably. It's actually not really true. So here's a fun fact for you, or maybe just a fact, is if you have been diagnosed with ADHD, you will automatically have executive dysfunction. They go hand in hand. However, here's the key. The reverse is not true, meaning you might have executive functioning challenges or have executive dysfunction. That does not mean you have ADHD. So ADHD is actually an executive functioning disorder. That is what it is. ADHD is not a time management issue. It is not a hyperactivity issue. It is not. It is actually being, it's actually being, it's an attention, not attention, it's an intention issue. It is being able to do what you need to do with the right cadence, with the right energy at the right time, because we all know those with ADHD can focus, but just not always on the right thing at the right time. So it's a self-regulation issue. That's what it is. ADHD is all about self-regulation. Can I show up? Can I do a purposeful action with the, at the right time with the right amount of intensity with the right energy, cadence, focus, all of that? So your executive functioning, which is controlled up here, so your frontal lobe. When I talk about executive functioning, these are the words I use. Organizing, time management, effort level, focus, working memory which is a fancy way of saying remembering to remember. Mm -hmm. It's emotional regulation, mood regulation, which is the big aha. Most people don't think your mood is related and it is. Impulsivity, but I like to call it self-leadership. I hate the word impulsivity. We hate the word impulsivity. Why do you hate it? I have very strong emotions. So it's all of that planning, prioritizing, all of that. Those are your executive functions. And I like to think of it as there's no stoplights in your life, there's no stop signs, and everything is just rushing at you, and whatever in front of you is what you're focused on. So if that's that internal distractibility, you know, we all think of external distractibility, but it's really about internal distractibility for us to be able to show up and do what it is we need to do, purposeful actions. We need to quiet the noises. We have to get rid of our sensation, our memory, our impulses, right? Or all of whatever else is happening. Perfect example. You know what's going on in my life right now, but I am fully here. Whatever else is falling down around me at the moment, I've been able to push out so I can be fully, fully doing purposeful actions. A lot of us that are neurodivergent or have executive functioning challenges, they can't suppress all of the memory and sensations or impulsivities so it gets in our way.
0: Yeah. I, oh, it does. It, it makes perfect sense. I really appreciate it. And I, I want to also make sure, and this is a note more to me speaking out loud. I'm remembering to remember that I want to make sure before I we leave. Remember. I love that. Right. To make sure that we give people some actionable steps, things they can do. And and I, I have an example from this morning that I that I want to make sure I share. But I wanted to I want to just put that out there because you are a coach and I have ADHD. So I wanted to at least make sure, Leslie, that I'm Hi. using an audio cue and working with someone who can remind me of that audio that audio cue to um to do that. And then but what's interesting is when I was talking about that There was, um, oh, so activating. This is the part. So I've been focused a lot on healthy activation. And this is where I think a lot of students struggle because you have students who have gone through high school and have these brains and these schools that make it very easy for them to get through it uh, with effort but they really haven't had a crisis. There, there haven't been a lot of crises in terms of overload and 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 overcapacity and and competing classes. So, I'm so this is maybe I'm maybe I'll be more direct. A student yeah. who is successful in high school gets to college and they crumble because okay. they they've gotten straight A's. They've been really successful. I mean, they in get high the high co- they were successful in high school, right? High school they were now cutting. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Is, See, High
1: schooling right. is that when they were in high school, these are like the buzzwords we use that they they had a tremendous amount of support and scaffolding. Scaffolding is the word. I want everyone to hear me say that. It's a great word because it's very visual. Think of scaffolding. So when your child is moving through high school, there's a tremendous amount of scaffolding. There are people telling them what to do, when to do it, how to do it, when's it do, where to do it even. And then they go to college and no one gives it you know what? whether or not you have three exams on the same day they don't they just don't right so they don't so there's a that whole scaffolding piece that whole accountability piece that whole structural piece which is very present i want to say in a brick and mortar high school there's a lot of different there's a lot like there's a lot of different types of schooling there's homeschooling and co-op so i'm talking more of like a brick and mortar school but when your child walks into a brick and mortar school, there is structure, there is accountability, there is scaffolding, and there's socialization. Those, in my world, are keys to success and how they get through it. When you go to college, not there's socialization, but the scaffolding is gone, the accountability is gone, and the structure is gone.
0: For right, and this is, and this speaks to. A stu- for some, for some, for a lot of students, but yeah. if you're a student who's in an honors cohort and you're yeah. part of a living and learning community where you're meeting with your... Different, right, but right. I'm
1: also dealing with neurodivergent brains. So that's my world. I'm talking
0: yeah, about my absolutely. And your I think it...
1: They're gone. Yes, what? Your accommodations are gone. You, you know, in high school and if you're in a public high school, I want to say that it is up to the school to make sure that those accommodations are in place. Your child does not have to ask for them. They have to be given to you by the school. You know this. It all changes once you show up on that college campus. So Oops. there is all of those things that your child had around them to make them successful. Um, not I'm not being like dramatic, but a lot of it is gone.
0: It is Yeah, gone. It is It is 100% not as easy. And yeah. the students really, this is part of the planning. And when I work with students, and they get to that first semester, and the world crashes down. I have a, I have an example. Someone sent this through uh, TikTok. I get, I get hundreds of messages, and this person allowed me to. Um, I'm going to answer this later today, so this will help me. But this is, this is the question. Hi, Harlan. I recently failed a course in nursing school, which set me back for a year. This has been a major roller coaster of emotions for me. I don't know how to move forward because I feel like the F grade is a huge setback. I feel scared going back to the school to retake it. I'm a very hardworking student. Just had a baby in the middle of last semester. But I feel... Right, right. But I feel that shouldn't be an excuse to fail. Okay. I should have done better since I decided to go to school after having the baby. If you could respond, I will appreciate it. So, I mean, the can I give you what my answer is and then you can tell me you know, cause you're the pro, and if you do it, if you share yours, and I'm gonna be like, oh, look, I'm copying you, but I want you to tell me response, yes, because and also we're gonna, I'm updating uh, the naked roommate, and I'm gonna be doing a lot more on study skills because there really is a, a a gap in that in that book, and we're gonna do a lot to really help shore that up. But for this for this student, the first thing is, oh oh my gosh, like you are managing the world, you have a newborn. Which is the wow. biggest transition of your life?
1: I feel like she buried the lead. I know,
0: wasn't that part? I got to that. In my eyes are. Oh my
1: god! I'm not laughing at her. Oh my goodness, no! But I'm like, honey, <laughs> the last thing you wrote, my love, of that was the first thing
0: you wrote. Could you imagine taking organic or taking whatever nursing classes while managing a newborn?
1: Because yeah. nursing, I for those of you that don't know, nursing they take organic chemistry chemistry biophysics and bio, they take every genetic they take it's it's i think it's because i actually coached a nursing student three years ago and she had the, the the hardest schedule any student i have ever had in my history of the 15 years i've coached
0: these nursing students the what they have to deal with and deal with is is no joke it is right no right it's it's a huge work <laughs> So it's a huge, right. It's a huge workload. So first of all, being a nursing student is an incredible workload. Then managing a newborn and taking care of of a child's needs is a huge responsibility. And it's also very unpredictable. So first be forgiving, give yourself grace. Nursing students fail classes all the time, all the time. I have a story that I, that I shared about visiting a school and there were a bunch of nursing students and One of the students said she went to her physician and the physician said, how's nursing school going? And she said, you know, I finally passed organic chemistry. It took me four times. And the doctor said, well, that's that's wonderful. It took me five. And it was this lesson of like where you can go and failing is part of it. So forgiving expectations. This is you have to make that shift, normalizing it. Then, this is the beauty of this, because this is why I love talking to you, Leslie. Because for me, it's when you're uncomfortable, and this is kind of that win or learn mindset. It's what do you want? I want to do well in school. What makes you uncomfortable? I'm not re- meeting my expectations. Then it's people, places, patience. And if you look at people, places, patience, people and places is really about finding your scaffolding, it's finding the people who can be your supports to help you to be able to manage your time, to be able to find resources, to find a support system. So the next time you do it won't be the same outcome. And that's what schools are great. But the thing is, you have to be activated and you also have to exercise the agency to find these resources, which can be very scary and emotional for people.
1: Yes, I agree with you. But what I feel about this in this particular incident yeah. she is motivated. and I feel that so I have a lot to say on this subject. I feel yeah. that so I feel the one nice thing is that she's very motivated, right? And most kids, most kids, and this is what I where I feel like she's halfway there because I would get that I would get that email. the email the email that you got or the message you got for me would come from a parent, and a parent would say to me, my child has lost all motivation. That's the t- emails we get, right? There's no motivation. So the fact that she's motivated, I think is half of it. I, to your point, would would lead her immediately to any of the resources that she would have on campus. And my, my first thing would be to go to her dean, would absolutely go to her. I know you would suggest that too. And I know this is going to sound interesting, but I almost feel, I'd say this to all the students that we work with that you in some ways do have it better some ways than we had years and years ago. When if we wanted to communicate with our professors or our deans, we actually had to show up in person. We had to knock on a door, sit down and be very, very scared to like actually communicate in front and in person. That's why I love emails because I feel emails allow you the chance to write it and delete it and write it again and delete it. And in my work, we talk about what's your barrier to entry? What's getting in your way? Right? That's our that is our party line, you might say. Like what's what's your barrier? What's getting in your way? Yes, it's what do you want to achieve, but more so for us, it's what's what's what is what is where's the blockage. Right. And for most of our students, and remember, I've been doing this for 20 years, the blockage is that fear of how do I communicate that? What to to the professor or to a dean. And emails actually are their best friend because what it does is it it you you can be behind the email, you can lay out your your concerns, your challenges, your problems so that the next time if you have to communicate in person, you've already you've already unlike blocked the leak. You're not the leak. You know what I mean? There, you've already like, and so that's where I would start. I think Listen, you know this, you work on college campuses, and I work on college campuses. Most professors want to see their students do well. Most do. It, they do. So that's my first line of action for her would be to immediately send an email, not only to the professor who maybe she has to take the class with, but even go to her dean and explain, I want to explain to you what, you know, what my life has been like. And
0: Right. Right. And find. Yeah, I think finding those supports and what what students discover is you have these amazing people who really want you to be successful. And and so much of it is rooted in and and I'm I've been really good in terms of like fueling my shame factory is, you know, I should have or when expectations and reality don't align, there's a problem. And the the rejection piece and I, I talk about the universal rejection truth all the time, this law of nature that says, not everyone and everything is gonna respond to me the way I always want. Um, It is a law of the universe. And when you are a nursing student with a newborn, the universal rejection truth says, life is unpredictable. You can be the best, the brightest, the most deserving, the most activated, and life will get in the way at times. And if you acknowledge that truth and get comfortable with the uncomfortable, then you can be more present when writing to the dean and you can take ownership. ownership.
1: Exactly. And,
0: you, and ha-
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I've heard you say this. It's funny, because I, I know that I, I work in my space and you work in yours, but there is some overlap. And I remember hearing you tell everyone about sending emails to their professors. Like I've I always say this to my students, like you don't always have to have all the answers, but you gotta have the question. And you and you have to like, just explain. And, and I said, your professor will, look, your grade might not change, your situation might not change, but it will go down a lot easier if you don't sure. behind what it is that's, that's going on. Right. There's a lot to be said to just saying, I just need to share with you what my circumstances are. I don't know what the outcome of that is going to be, but I need you to know. And yeah. doing it in an email, I'm I'm I I am all I am. And some of you might not agree with me, but I am all about the functionality of an email because what I feel it does for those kids that have shame, or imposter syndrome, or are nervous, it it takes that barrier to entering to the dialogue away. So it's like getting your foot, you know, like instead of lunging into the ocean, you've now opened the door to having that communication, and it's not so scary because you're not and I, and I'm okay with that. I am okay with that. I think that there's nothing wrong with that. There's yeah, nothing
0: One of the things that I've learned about you, Leslie, is you really you really you like to meet people where they are. In fact, it is a it is it is so important for you as someone who knows so much and has incredible knowledge and insight and experience when you start your coaching and, and you do this in the book as well. Yeah. Make, it's it's before I share with you all the things that your parents want you to do or I want you to do or I know are going to be helpful for you to do. I want to check in with you and I want to know where are you? Where are you? What? 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 What do you like? What do you don't like? Why is homework so horrible? you know you give students space to be who they are it, and and it's a hard thing to do listen i
1: was listen i was not given that at all not that i grew up in like an authoritative household i grew up actually in a very like easygoing household my my mother was terminally ill my whole life my mom died when i was 15 so my father was very much about taking care of my mom but i was not I, I caused no issues. Do you know what I'm saying? I sat down, I did my work, but there was only back then one way to do things. You sat in the quiet, you, no music. You didn't get up until it was done, and you did it in a way that might not have worked for you. I was lucky; it worked for me. But I think watching the way the world is, and it's—I and I know I'm going off on a tangent, but I think I need people to hear me say this because this is a really interesting thing. What? You all know what universal design is. Universal design is like the curb cuts on the sidewalk or the closed caption on the televisions. That was actually put in place um, to help a very specific population, right? Those that were either physically impaired or visually impaired would have those accommodations. They call it universal design. But what they found was that type of design helped everybody right? It wasn't just for those that were physically impaired. It helped maybe the parent or that was wheeling a stroller to have a curb cut, right? Or the visually impaired for or the, 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 the closed caption for wh- whomever. There is something very similar called universal learning. The same thing. And what we're moving away from is we're going to teach to the mainstream and hope that those that have special needs, or think differently, or learn differently, We'll we'll get, well, we'll figure that out. It's now we're slowly moving in the opposite direction. And we're realizing that the way that those that learn differently, that process differently, that need to be taught differently, actually benefits everybody. Yeah. So we're removing that stigma where we're saying, hey, you need to like walk around the room, you need to listen to music, you need to do what, you know, you need to listen to books auditorily. That wasn't available to us years ago. And we're seeing more of that on college campuses now. And a lot of that came out of the pandemic, I have to say, where, okay, that doesn't work for you. Like test taking is, you know, test taking is so challenging for you. Well, I understand that test taking is only one way of showing your comprehension. How about you hand me in, a different form of test taking, whether it's, you know, you created a mock website. You've seen me say this, and we're seeing more of that. We're seeing more of you want to listen, you want to video the video the lecture, you want to tape the lecture because you're ordered. I'm okay with that, and I will say I think we're seeing more and more of that than ever before.
0: Yeah, i i I get very uh, I get angry when I think of of just education throughout the years and I never fit in. When people were writing and doing homework in algebra, I was looking around, wondering how is everybody working so hard? Like, wow, it's so interesting to watch all these people work. I actually had that thought. And in my algebra it was in my algebra class, freshman year, I got I failed it. I failed the final exam and uh I I took it over the summer and I got like a ninety seven percent. And it was this fascinating, like, that was a big red flag. Like, I couldn't do it when everyone was doing it, but in, under a dur- different circumstance, and I was super motivated. Like, I I, I excelled. And even my freshman year in, in uh, it, it, this has been a trend for me. The more excited and interested I get, the more activated I am, the more motivated I am. I can be on Dean's list, and, you know, I can do it, but... Then there's this other part of me that's like, wow, like your grades suck. You're so dumb. Oh, I'm not, though. I get it. Not. And I understand I'm saying this because we're talking about they're not. Right. And, and what you're
1: describing is, listen, brains that have ADHD or executive dysfunction need what's called dopamine. All right. I'm going to make this super easy. Dopamine is like our happy. It's like it's a it's a hit. It's like a rush. We need like what we need to be doing for those that have. ADHD is we can't bore the brain, right? We that and so what you're saying is when you're excited about something, when it when it's a subject you might like, you're all in. It's very easy for you to activate. Where the challenge is is when we are asked to do something we don't want to do. It's why if parents come to me all the time and say, "I don't understand why my kid can spend hours playing guitar, right?" Or hour and and I'm not even saying video games. I'm not even going there. I'm picking things that are like rich and exciting like he can be in the kitchen cooking for 12 hours or he can be i'm like because there's an excitement there's a dopamine hit so what we have to do is make the other types of learning anti-boring we so you've heard you if you took my lecture and you heard me say like one of the best ways to put some you know energy around the mundane because that's really what it is is to get ourselves up to get ourselves moving, to get our bodies moving while we're doing it. None of us should be sitting still. We should be writing on on the walls. We should be moving around the house. We should be, you, I don't know if you heard me say this, but we should be sitting in the bathtub. I had a grad student who wrote her entire thesis sitting in the bathtub, with a, not with water, but with a pillow behind her and her lap deaf because she said it was cold, it was small, it was sensory-seeking, because a lot of my kids have sensory issues, and it activated my brain because it was novel, it was yeah. different.
0: Yeah, and yeah,
1: we have to really think out of the box when it comes to our students who are neurodiverse. How can we make it fun and interesting for them? Okay, so you know, experiences, tactile, all
0: of that helps. This is what. As we're talking, I have this fidget that I've I've got this fidget that helps me to you know helps me to yeah, I don't it's great. So, okay, we've got about 10 more minutes and I'm calling this part 1. Okay. okay? Cuz part 2 is going to be much more tactical. We're going to talk yeah, about I strategies. Know. We're going to walk through the book, so we're we're going to do a part 2, but I <laughs> want to share with you one example. So, I'm very motivated To use these strategies, I'm going to use them to do my taxes because I got to get my taxes done in the next month. Am I? Am I? No uh, one
1: wants to do that. Well, unless you're getting a refund.
0: (laughs) Right, right. I'm not. So, right. So I'm going to, I'm going to turn it into a game. Using, I'm going to turn, I'm going to gamify my tax information. And then this is what we did this morning. So I have a ten year old, and I asked his permission if I could mention um, this story because.
1: I love that you did that. I do that. I say that all the time. I never talk about my children without asking their permission. Yeah.
0: Come yeah. On. Yeah. I, I, I asked him, I said, I said, uh, and I share what well, we did this morning. And can I also mention, are, are you okay talking about ADHD? Cause, uh, I've learned a ton and, and he was okay. Then I'm like, he's 10. Am I okay with sharing? It's then I'm like, check. I, I, I'm so careful about respecting, you know, my kids yeah. and what they want. Um, they, their lives are theirs. They own their lives. I'm just an observer who gets kind of. They are right. They own it all. I ask permission. So anyway, so this morning we got up and I and I, I told him I said, uh, Asher, so here's the deal. I he has to get out of the house. We have to leave at eight thirty-five, and I woke him up at like eight. I woke him up at like eight ten. I should have given him more time. I said, Hey, Asher, I did that thing where I woke you up a little bit late. Um, and I want to go through the morning together so that we can plan our morning so that we can get to school on time. Are you up for that? And he goes, yeah. I go, okay, so it's 8.05 right now. That's so right. how long do you think it will take to get dressed? And he said, uh, <laughs> five minutes, right? So we went from 8.05 to 8.10. And then um, I think it was eight or maybe it was 8.05, so he's going to get, let's just say, He got dressed at 8.10. So then from 8.10, no, he was going to be down at, yeah, from 8.10, I'm getting caught up in these details, but the idea, let's just say, let's just use, it was, we had, we had 25, okay, it was 8.10. So five minutes to get dressed. He goes, okay. And I said, you go downstairs and how long do you think it takes to eat? And he said, you know, maybe, maybe 10 minutes. So 8.10 to 8.20, I said, you know, it probably takes a little bit longer to eat because, yeah, you know, he he's a little slower eater. So we said eight twenty-five. So from eight, wow. so that's it. So we we're gonna do. We we're gonna finish eating at eight thirty. Then from eight thirty to eight thirty-five, he had to brush his teeth, and we left a little time for dilly dallying. So it was brush teeth and dilly dally. <laughs> so <laughs> my my wife came down uh, and. They, you know, he was brushing his teeth and, and they were chatting and that was part of the dilly-dally time. That's great. Then we dilly got... Dilly-dally time. We need, we yeah. need to blow the dilly-dally because always, there's always something yeah. unexpected.
1: I agree. You need dilly-dally time.
0: And then we got in the car and we got in and it was and it was relaxing. It wasn't like, we're going to be late. We're going to be late. You got to do this because... was really funny. <laughs> I was on a Southwest flight the other day and I haven't flown Southwest in a long time. And... um they were they were running a little bit late cause they turn over the flight so quick, so quickly. Yeah. And um, the flight attendants like, you know, we're running a little late. If everybody could please get to their seat, we can leave. Please hurry up. Please get to your seat. Please hurry up. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you're me. You're me. And I'm Asher. And you are so annoying. You are annoying. But because
1: I have a question. Can I challenge you for a minute
0: and challenge me as much as you want?
1: Because what you were trying to do there is get him to internalize time. Yes. Okay. I'm going to put the like real terms on it for a minute. You know, I'm like, I'm going to say this. I am an ADHD student coach and a parenting coach of all of these things, but I'm actually a time management expert. That is actually what I am really known for in the world, believe it or not. So what you're doing with that is you are trying to get Asher to internalize time. And the most effective way we can internalize time is to externalize it, okay? What do I mean by that? Is we've got to be, so this is my party line. This is what I teach. This is what I travel the world speaking about. To fully be able to manage time, you need to see it. And what you're doing, and it's fine, is you're you are acting, believe it or not, as his executive functioning brain. You're telling him, how much time, where to move next, let's go on. What I want to see you do later on, and he's 10, he's in a really good age for this, is there needs to be an analog clock. I don't know if you can see it in my office. There it is. Everybody see that? And that's an analog. Do we all remember what analogs are? Okay, so I'm literally being interviewed uh, on Monday about why analogs are so important. And I'm going to tell you why. Because to fully internalize time, you need to see the sweep, of time you have to see the suite so what i want you to do and again i'm not here to spend your money but clocks are not that expensive if you live near an ikea you can buy them for a dollar that is as cheap as i know them to be um but i want you to hang one in his bedroom in your kitchen in the bathroom and in any other room of the house that he spends time in because calendars timers I mean wall calendars blocks are always we externalize time so that we can internalize it. And what you're going to start to do with him after he starts to understand that time is you're going to ask him, what does it look like? How much time do we have left? When, what, can you tell me what five minutes from now looks like? What
0: do you mean? What does it look like?
1: Meaning, show me on the. Can you show me on the clock what five minutes is going to look like? And he can say it's going to be ten after. Great. That's when we need to. Uh
0: yes. Okay. Yeah. 100 percent. It's great. And I, you know, when I was and I was using the the have, I have time chapter. Yeah. And you know, there's places to do this. And I was what I was doing yeah. is is how much how much time does it take? And instead of writing it down, I was talking it through. But but. We need to write it down, and yeah. we need to have our clocks. And then I asked him, because he is a, an executive function coach who who introduced us to <laughs> in the planner. That's how I got my planner, because his executive function coach came came by. Is it executive functioning or executive function? It can be executive function. It's executive okay. functions. It's an executive functioning coach. Okay. So executive function coach is the one who recommended this, and then you shared with me the other calendar and... Okay. So we could talk forever. I know we have we have to wrap things up and so here's what I want people to do. Here's my wish list. Okay. What's your call to action? And and then I'm going to have my own. Okay. So number 1, how to do it now book because it's not going away. By Leslie Joselle. I urge if any of you want to learn how to manage time, want to be great partners when it comes to time, get the book. Get the book. Okay? And we're gonna talk about this. We're gonna do another one. Leslie and I have already talked about. We're gonna do like a study skills. We're gonna really get into the nuts and bolts on how to prepare and how to navigate the academic changes and challenges so that you can be set up for success. So we're gonna do that. Then there's the the planners and the new planners. When do the when are the new planners typically available?
1: They, they, there's actually going to be a pre. So we still have. I'm not kidding you. We still have some of the old that this current year's planners. And the new ones for 24-25 will be available mid-March.
0: Okay. Well, we'll talk about that because um, I'm going to do a video just just talking about that as well because this is so important. And we'll talk about the importance of a paper planner. And in the book, for those of you who want to get a head start in the book, there's a whole section that shows you how to use your planner. How to plan. Right. How to do this, which I didn't see and I've been doing it wrong. So when I when I picked up the book, I'm like, oh damn, I need to do this better. So I'm going to do that, and then the, and then so that's the call to action. Yeah. Or any if anyone has questions, send me these questions when you listen to the podcast or watch it, and then Leslie and I can take these and we can also use this as part of our part two. And then for me, I'm going to follow the rules in this book, and I'm going to do a lot more. What? There's no rules. Okay. Gosh, it's so great. I love when I, I love when I try to be right. And so I. Oh,
1: wow. Cause I am that there is no rules like that's You have to make sure we say that because right. it will no right for you. There's oh, no, thank there's you. Problem. There's no. Rules.
0: I'm going to follow the suggestions and I'm going to work. I'm going to plan out my taxes and I'm going to plan out. I have, I have two revisions on books. I've got win or learn I'm working on for next year. Um, we're doing a revision and then the naked roommate. I'm updating that and I have to get I'm those in right. So I got to get those in by the end of the month and we're just doing like a, so I have so many things. and Leslie, I am going to be a case study and I'll really, I'll
1: be your accountability partner.
0: <laughs> I mean like really? like wow,
1: that yes, I will.
0: Wow. okay. and that will help me well, to be acting.
1: doubling. we do need it. We all need yep. accountability. I'm, yeah. I'm writing another book and trust me, it's hard to do it alone. Even me. Yeah.
0: Even- <laughs> Those are the things that I'm going to do. Before before we wrap, what are some things that you want to share if someone wants to learn more about you, if you have anything coming up?
1: We have a lot coming up. We are, we are a busy company. So this is what I tell everyone because we like to remember. We know our population. So we like to make things easy and simple to find. So the name of my company is Order Out of Chaos, and you can go to our website, which is order com. And what I love about our website is that there is so much information there for you that is free, meaning you don't need to send me an email to get anything. It, every, I've written over, I write the Dear ADHD Family Coach column for Attitude Magazine. I've written over 300 columns. Every one of them are there, podcasts, articles, videos. So Please dive in, Um, you'll get so much insight. We also have a parent education library that has videos and downloads and stuff like that. And then of course, from there, you can learn about our services, our Facebook group, our webinars, and of course, all our social media feeds are there as well. Um, We have a free event coming up in mid-March on ADHD and the athlete, which has become a huge conversation between high school and college athletes have a very special set of needs. Um, and I one of my coaches h- heads that division of my company, so I will be working with him. And then we are bringing Executive Functioning 101 back in the spring. That's another webinar we're gonna have. Um, so we've got a lot going on and we hope people will come and join.
0: Wonderful. Well, I am so grateful that we can have this conversation. And- and I'm just, I'm just looking forward to being able to help and, and, <laughs> oh, it's, it's well, I'm, it's, the feelings are mutual and I know there's so many people who are going to benefit from these conversations and, and your tools. And, and I know I'm, I'm personally benefiting, so I'm, I'm really grateful. So all of you, please check out Leslie's resources. I'll keep, I'll give you all this in the, in the show notes and uh, we'll just put it to be continued. Does that work for you, Leslie?
1: Part two. Coming up soon.
0: Part two. Thanks, everyone.
1: Bye, everyone.